Auburn loses to Arkansas. How are we supposed to feel? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Black. I mean, thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's Sunday, therefore, we are joined by Montgomery Radio vet Daryl Daprich. An eventful, eventful Saturday. Auburn losing this game. There are so many different ways to take it. And the way I want to take it is you come out of your bye week. You're supposed to look fresh. You're supposed to look sharp. You're supposed to look like you know, as a player, what's going on. And I felt that this team, big picture as a whole, knew what was going on for about five minutes of the ballgame. And that's concerning. It is. They came out and looked really, really well on that, really good on that first drive. And then they obviously missed the field goal. And I think there were some, that was a momentum changer right there. And then they kept fighting and they kept fighting. I don't know why I talked myself into or when I'm going to learn my freaking lesson to, to say this team's going to win. This is a winnable game. This is where they can win. I, I just don't know why I allow myself to go through that because as I watch this clown show, Mm-hmm. every week in this coaching staff and some of the things that happen. And and look, execution's important. I get it. But preparation sure. is too. I can't sure. wrap my head around the amount of missed tackles, second opportunities for Arkansas where you, you have a four-yard loss, turns into an eight-yard gain, wide open people running through your secondary, you know, Auburn having to fight and scratch and claw for everything. And just like you talked about, preparation didn't look like it was there. And I, I talked myself into thinking that this week it was going to change. This is a winnable game. You know, this could start I, I, I think, a little bit I of a streak. I still think we were correct and it was a winnable game. I just think we were off by like how this coaching staff just doesn't have this team ready. And I think this team is over it. I, I think this team is just over all this stuff. And just talking to more and more folks since Lindsay broke that story on AuburnDaily.com about Harson kind of being hard on guys for the red shirt, if they ask for a red shirt, mm-hmm. um, I think it's caused a lot of conversations amongst players and some with players and coaches in this locker room. And I think it's done. Like, I think the end of the road is here for, for everything. For this whole era of Auburn football, I think it's done. It's just, we got to wait. I'm still of the mindset, even though everything that's happening is terrible, Daryl, I still don't think it's in the best interest of the program to fire him. And I know that sucks. It stinks. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you look at it. It's not talking about the 300 grand you save. I'm talking about the players on this roster that you get to keep when Cohen gets to bring in his first hire of his tenure as Auburn's AD. You get to set that coach up for better success by not firing Harson. Now, as soon as the AD move is official and he's got a desk and he's calling people, he needs to be working on getting a coach and getting them ready because that turnaround needs to be so fast, Daryl. It needs to be so quick. But I, I don't think it makes sense to fire him right now because you, ca- you can't afford letting this team just evacuate and sprint to the transfer portal. And Daryl, sorry I'm long-winded on this, but to the folks saying, well, he let four people go into the portal last week. Yes, because those guys wanted to be redshirted, and they couldn't. 
Landon King, uh, Friday night, announces that he signed with the Auburn's, Auburn's collective, that he's getting money from the Auburn's NIL collective. I don't think all of these players are planning on actually leaving. I think they're just announcing they're entering the portal so they don't have to play for Brian Harson anymore. And so you just got to let it happen. You got to let these next few weeks just hurt. But I think I truly think it's the best long-term for the Auburn football program. Yeah, I, I, that's one way to look at it. I'll say this. I think that every minute that that clown walks the sidelines, he's doing irreparable damage to Auburn and its program. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Watching that today and having to sit there as Auburn fans and people that are boosters and that pay money to go to those games – Every minute that joke walks the sidelines, he's hurting the program. The program's losing money and losing supporters. Now, you may say, great, they'll come back. I get it. But what is he doing to particular players' careers by being allowed to stay? What kind of damage is he doing to kids, possibly, that he's being petty and saying, you know, the report that Lindsey put out saying, well, you know what, it, you quit or you or you transfer. And the, the kind of stuff, I get it. Those guys are probably not even going to get into the portal. There'll be enough time for a new coach yeah. to salvage them. And I think those four that just entered, you know, made their intention knowns are doing that because of who the coach is. So the minute he gets fired, I think they're all back in for Auburn. But I'm saying, how many I, other I think, players think, are you going to let him screw with? Four will. I, I think Lanny yeah. King and Darvars Dawson come back. I don't think the okay. other two will come back. But still. How many other how many other kids are, are we going to allow him to screw with by doing petty crap like this, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just not fair to these kids that are out there giving everything up. So every moment that he walks the sidelines, you get performances like today on the field, which is embarrassing. Arkansas just absolutely ran all over us and taunted us about it. And then you've got players whose careers are in the palm of his hand that he can control. You're going to allow him to keep doing damage to that. I just say pull the tooth, the abscess tooth, and, and I get it. You you have a chance to lose more players, but don't you think the minute Harson gets fired, that he's going to have a core of loyal guys that were his guys anyway that were going to leave? You're not going to salvage them. If mm -hmm. Harson gets fired, there's a few guys that are pro Harson. They're going to leave. You look at what the majority would do, and I think at this point. You've got to do whatever's best for the majority. The best of majority of the football team, program, boosters, fans, is to get him off the sidelines. It's a strong argument. Strong argument for doing it, of course. Let me share a story with you, if you don't mind. All right. So shortly after the game Saturday, I get a text from a player's parent. And he says, dude, it's too long to text. Call me ASAP. And I'm like, okay. I'm headed upstairs to record with you, Daryl. And I'm like, all right, hold on, Daryl. Let me, let me answer this real quick. And... The player's parent was emotional, pretty, pretty, pretty um, uh, upset, but in like a, a, an angry way, I guess. But with a minute and a half left, the coaching staff wanted to put this player in, and this player had already played four games this season. And Auburn's down three scores, and this coaching staff wanted to put him in a situation, play meaningless snaps where he would not be able to redshirt, and they had to he force him to play for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. How messed up is that? Why do you do that? Why do you do that unless it's personal and petty? And this you, is there's a player nothing. that shows, Brian. Yes, Martin. yes. This wasn't, this wasn't a Gus recruit that was on the team 
and then Harson acquired him. No, that's- he chose Brian Harson, and that's what Brian Harson did was trying Kate, to do to him. No, you're making no. you're making the argument for me. Case in point, you do something like that if you're that's- petty and and absolutely uh, wanting and make it personal, and you should ne- just like you choose to try to sabotage or deplenish the roster on your way out the door by making kids leave or uh, quit or transfer if they want a yeah. red shirt and, 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 and purge the, the roster. Burning a kid's red shirt that wants oh to come back next year when you're going to lose the game anyway, and you know this and you do it intentionally. Look, remember with the, uh, the, the Gus Malzahn situation with the running back, I can't remember his name, a couple years ago, he puts him in on special teams and didn't realize, oh, my gosh, we burned his red shirt. And the mom was really, really mad. Yeah, it was, about uh, it. It was uh, Asa Martin. Asa Martin. So yep. that was just an oversight. That was not intentional. It wasn't malicious. It was just, you know, a, an oversight and not really paying attention. Okay. So I get that. This is malicious. It's intentional. And you don't want someone like that that's going to burn it on the to the ground on his way out the door. Get him the crap out of here now. Because this kind of stuff's going to happen to the wrong player. And it's going to keep happening. And this yeah. is exactly why I say it cannot continue to go on. That's petty. It's personal. It's vindictive. And he needs to go. And I would love, 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 love for Auburn to say, look, it may never come to, to fruition, but, oh, you're pulling this kind of stuff? We're firing you with cause. Let's go to court and let's air some dirty laundry about some stuff that's happened the last year on how you've treated players and some other things that might pop up that Brian Harson does not want to go and you have to testify under subpoena in court, let's go ahead and take the gloves off. If you're going to do this kind of stuff to our players in the Auburn program, even if Auburn doesn't win the case and has to, and has to pay him the buyout money, I think it's worth a, a shot to get – there's some things he don't want released. But if you want to keep screwing with players and programs like this, you need to go after him. That's my opinion. All right, let's talk about the the game itself. And there's actually one thing that I, we've all been wanting them to do all year, and they finally did it. And it's like, why are you doing it now? Why did it take so long? We'll touch on mm. that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. I'll tell you what, Daryl, I thought that Auburn plus three and a half, that's what the line was when Bet Online closed. I got it at four and a half when it opened. I felt so good about it. I felt so good about it. And even at the half, when Auburn was down by just a handful of points, and it's like, how in the world is Auburn only down four? It's like, man, Bet Online knows what they're doing. Auburn's going to surge late or at least hold their own. Neither of those things happen. But And then they, they come out in the second half, right? And look like that you're going to be a genius. That's right. That's the right. first drive until it stalled. Uh, until it stalled. But Bet Online, it makes every game more interesting. And if you know more than I do, you can make a lot of money. So head over to Bet Online. It's where the game starts. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Daryl, I loved, loved that Tank Bigsby led the team in receptions. I absolutely love that. Now, sure, there are causes for this. Um, receivers not getting open, offensive line not protecting long enough, and Robbie had to dump it down. But still, I love that they consistently threw the ball to take Bigsby. Six catches, just 37 yards, but loved that and even kind of opened them up in the, uh, in the running game some as well, including a 41-yard scamper where he was able to, 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 to score. But still, I, I, it's just I, I enjoyed seeing that. Jarquez Hunter had four, uh, four catches as well. So 10 receptions. 
of the 24 on Saturday were the running backs. I, I liked that. Well, one receiver was getting open, and his name was Cam Brown, and we'll touch on that later, who looked really, really good, and I was really excited about that. But you're right about throwing sure. the ball to the running backs because it looked like early on, same thing as what happened two weeks ago. A screenplay is there to tank Bigsby. The ball gets tipped. Bigsby gets two yards. But later on in the game, mm-hmm. he hit him in stride. He hit Hunter in stride. And there were some big plays down the field with throwing to the backs with the screen. He, he found his touch on that, and it did open some things up. And I was very, very glad to see. And I'll tell you what, I got to give credit where credit's due. I love the Shanker under center pitch it to Robbie play. I really liked that a lot, where it's John Samuel Shanker jumped up under center, took the snap, and did a toss sweep to our quarterback who got nine yards. I liked that play. I liked the design, and I liked it. It was actually, you know, run in the game. Can you imagine if that hadn't worked, though? <laughs> Well, he didn't spin around three times. It wasn't the the, the Chandler Cox Wildcat play where he ch- spun around. But yeah, I get it. I get it. But under center made it look even weirder, right? It did. But yeah, I think though, um, even if something like that doesn't work, and you just put him under center and toss sweep it to Robbie, it's it's such a unique uh, wrinkle to offense. You're like, oh, that's worth a try. At least they were trying something. With you know, at this point, and it actually was a, was a nice play. And like I said, I like the way they Cam Brown had a nice game. I mean, if Robbie leads him a little bit. Yeah. Down the field before halftime, you don't have to kick the field goal. He might walk in, but Cam Brown made a nice catch in the end zone for a touchdown, a nice 50-yarder downfield. I was really, really – and I know I'm biased. I like the kid. I've liked him since practice sure. in August, but I was glad to see that, and I was really glad to see um, some of the balls. He, he threw a real nice ball to John Samuel Shanker downfield where he kept his eyes downfield on like third and nine and got a first down inside the 10. Robbie so, I mean, Rob, moments, man. He Robbie does. Really does. You know, doesn't it look, though – I was watching the game with some buddies, and we watched the game, and I said, you know, 24 of 33 for 285 and a touchdown for Robbie Ashford. Great stats, but it just didn't look like that. Yeah, it, it just looks different. Like it it really doesn't feel like, like it. Yeah, it just doesn't. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he has the numbers. Okay, too. Yeah, uh, eight, 19 of 87. I mean, the guy, you know, almost went for yeah, 400 like, individual yards by himself, but yet it didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, like 350 yards, over 350 yards of total offense, a touchdown, and he didn't turn it over. But uh-uh. it's like, why wasn't the offense better? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. It just, didn't, it just didn't feel like he had that prolific of a day. And then Tank has 63 yards on 11 carries at 5.7 per and – you know, I just uh, Hunter. You know, six of eighteen. Austin comes in, carries the ball twice, and gets fifteen yards. So rushing attack was there, but again, defensively, you can't give up f- over five hundred yards. You've got to the, the tackling is atrocious. It is making me so angry to watch all the missed tackles, all the yards after contact, just getting down the field when Auburn has guys wrapped up. Uh, it's just, it's very frustrating. It's tough. It is absolutely tough. And once again, if you would have told me the issue with this team late in the season was more on the defensive side of the ball than the offense, I'd just be like, I don't know if I believe you. But still, yeah. you, you need to score more than 20 points on this Arkansas defense. This Arkansas defense is like really, really bad. So um, last thing, and this isn't even really about the game. We haven't really talked about the game that much, but I think most people will be okay with that, with everything else that was going on. But on social media... Auburn announced Holden Gurner, the starter. And then evidently the video that played announced him in the stadium as the mm-hmm. starter. And he didn't play. Like, I, 
I want to know what happened there. Like that is just bizarre to me. Well, yeah, and her, you know, Holden Gurner looked like the most surprised guy on the field when he looked up. It's like, what? I'm starting. The, the video footage of that is priceless. I don't want to pile on here because I'm obviously agitated today, and uh, you can tell, and the listeners can tell, and the viewers can tell. But this is another faux pas of the Auburn social media from the football program that I just want to go. Who who is running? That, that department from the orange jersey crap that they try to pull the little cutesy stuff before Penn State just to troll their fans so to this stuff. Look like to the graphics. Microsoft I mean, paint. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the whole, I thought it was a Stranger Things graphic from this week. I was like, are they going into the upside down with that with that graphic about playing Arkansas? I didn't get it at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. They need, to, they need to revamp that. And again, I want to go back to your previous point. If you would have told me that our that Auburn would have scored 27 points on Arkansas today, I'd have said, Zach, we've got a great chance to win that football game. And that mm-hmm. goes to show you the just the level of these problems that Auburn's suffering right now. But you're absolutely right. The Gurner thing was strange and the the graphics and him being on the field and them announcing the, him as the starter. He looks up and I just don't get it. I mean, tighten the ship up. It's just yeah, it's, it's you know, tighten it up. Yep. Yeah, and and those last seven points, like, yeah, they're on the scoreboard, but like, I liked it. I, I wanted to see him do it after Pittman raised his hands after the field goal, uh, you know, to put him up forty-one twenty. I'm glad. I know it's just about pride. Yeah, but well, I mean, but, punch, but, punch it in. And Pittman talked about it afterwards. I mean, a lot of backups were in there. Like, props to them for not giving up and, and all. Yeah. Still, yeah. it's like I, I don't know. I don't know about, about that one, but yeah, sure. The the final was twenty-seven. You're right. Um, anything else before we wrap up, man? Man, it's been, you know, we have had these eventful Saturdays or what we felt like could have been eventful Saturdays every time we record these shows, right? We talk about it. We text. We communicate. Is this the week that something happens with Brian Harson? And then we went past that point of no return where we knew it wasn't going to happen. And now on this particular Sunday that we're, you know, showing this and recording this, um, the Saturday before, it was eventful. There was a lot of side stories going on while the game was going on that like distracted us from the actual action on the field, huh? Yeah. Part of me is okay with that. I mean, we, we oh, oh, me too. I need a distraction so bad. And <laughs> yeah. so hopefully, yeah. hopefully Roberts has made the right decision with us. So we'll see. Daryl, thank you so much for your time. As always, we will chat again next week. You can follow me um, on all my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll be back tomorrow. All right here on locked on Auburn.